This is Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International, a non-denominational end times ministry dedicated to fulfilling a divine commission to trumpet forth warnings from God concerning the imminent second coming of Christ and the impending judgment of God upon the ungodly. God has sent Dr. Hansen to many nations of the world with a solemn warning to the political and religious leaders and citizenry to repent of their sinfulness and wickedness or face the catastrophic judgments that will soon be unleashed upon the unbelieving world. Listen now to the warnings of our compassionate and merciful Creator conveyed through His faithful prophetic spokesman, the host of Warning Radio, Dr. Jonathan Hansen. This is Dr. Jonathan Hansen, President of World Ministries International, and you're listening to the Warning Radio program. My special guest today is Apostle Don Beasley, the senior pastor of Turning Point City Church in Dixon, Illinois. Don, welcome back. Good morning. How are you doing, sir? Well, I'm doing good. I just finished a revival meeting in a church in Kent, Washington, on the other side of Seattle. We had tremendous time. But I brought reality into that church, you know, the Bible says truth takes away deception, prayer brings conviction. And most of the church today, and uh, other than if you are under truly an Issachar, I know your church is aware of the situation and, and you're doing a great job over there. But frankly, most churches aren't under an Issachar. And sometimes the pastors are like the pastors in Germany that ignore reality and uh, Hitler's taking over their nation. And we're in a similar situation here. We're supposed to bring our people into reality so they know the times and the seasons and they can prepare for victory instead of being a victim. Don? Yeah, that's true. It's been some of the craziest times I've ever seen, you know, when I look around. It's almost like you're in some kind of a weird, like a dream or whatever. I was just talking about this past week. I was talking to our fathers, you know, and it's like we're in some kind of alternative reality. You're like stuck in some revolving door that just keeps going around and around and around. And you look at it and you think that, man, it just can't get any more moronic than what's going on right now. And the door goes around again and you're, you're almost blown away. And it's something even more moronic. It's happening. And I, and I think that what, you know, when you look at, when you look in the old Testament, and you see how quickly Israel would just digress into cap, in, into this complete degradation of themselves in their relationship with God and get into captivity where they have, you know, this be under all kinds of difficulty. It seemed like it happened very quickly, but really it, it happened quickly in the end. It didn't happen quickly when it began. And so I, when I look at where we are right now, I think we're at the place where things are happen, can happen very, very quickly for bad or for good but very, very quickly because of where we put ourselves in that, you know, we say we pray to God. We say we do all this stuff like this, you know, God, we say, God bless the USA and whatever. But what are we actually praying for God to bless more abortion, more, I mean, more thievery, more robbery, more uh, dishonesty or whatever. I mean, when we say God bless, I mean, God's not going to bless something that's opposed to him. 
And so, but we say that stuff all the time, not even realizing what we're doing. I mean, when you pray for God, God will only bless that which he's blessed and that which is cursed will remain cursed. And so I, we're just in a really, really strange uh, kind of time right now. No, you're exactly right. I liked your choice of words, moronic. I mean, uh, uh, yeah, these are moronic times. Uh, I mean, it's just crazy. Uh, an individual, you'd call him a moron, but uh, these are moronic times. That it just uh, everything is turned upside down. It's insanity, and and yet uh, what is righteous they call evil. And the Bible says in the last days they call evil good and good evil. But this is what's happening right before our very eyes. Exactly. It's uh, you know, the, when the Bible talks about you know, when we when you think about the Bible, it, it says that. Uh, Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. And so not just who we call God, but actually make him the Lord. And that's a big thing to make the Lord. And the same thing happens in a believer's life. A lot of people like believe in God or believe in Jesus, but few people uh, actually make him the Lord of their life. And so, you know, when Psalms 33, 12 says that it, it means blessed is the nation or the people whose God is the Lord. So that that's that's the big deal there. I think we don't pay attention to. And then Proverbs fourteen thirty four: Righteousness exalts a nation, but sins of disgrace or reproach to any people. And, and, and you know, so and I think we're finding ourselves kind of in that place right now. And you know, we talk about wisdom, you know, and, and knowledge and whatever, and all this knowledge that we have today. But for all the knowledge we have, boy, we have we don't have very much wisdom about what to do with it. So I think it's really kind of interesting. You know, in Proverbs 3, it says, Blessed is the man who finds wisdom. And, the man, and then it goes to look for the man who gains understanding. For she, wisdom, is more profitable than silver and yields better returns than gold. And I, and I find it interesting there. It means two things. It says, Blessed is the man who finds wisdom. So you can kind of stumble upon wisdom. You can, you know, you find it. But then wisdom, it says, the man who gains understanding. Now, now you have to take wisdom and put it into effect to make a gain. And that gain is understanding. And that's what becomes more profitable. And when I talk to people today, the one thing is for all the knowledge that people have, people, you know, they can go on Google and find anything. People talk about stuff they know very little about. But when you, act, when you, when you start really just talking about and see who has understanding about how basic life works it's 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 alarming at how little understanding people have about just like when you talk about today's supply chain stuff and whatever people have no idea what happens once they, they, they think everything like grows out back at walmart and they just stick it to the wall they have no idea how that stuff moves around where it comes from the processes by which it's used and uh, things that are happening they just don't have any understanding because they just we live in we just been in such a this bubble for so long and i think that's what happens to nations and people that walk with god for a long time we get so drunk intoxicated on the blessings of god that we actually forget where they come from and somewhere in the mix of that the enemy switches what we're drinking from the blessing of god and now we begin to actually drink the dregs that bring on this, what the Bible says causes your stomach to have bitterness. 
Well, you're right. You're, you're, you're so right. And um, I know <laughs> there's today, uh, you know, you said some things there that um, people don't even know where things come from. I mean, there's there's people out there that don't realize that eggs don't come from a carton and milk comes out of a, you know, a container. I mean, they 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 literally do not put together that the farmers raise it. I mean, uh, I remember when some people really were screaming against the farmers, why do they need this water? And uh, uh, they're getting more water than we are and not realizing uh, that uh, it takes water for us to have our food chain. And so, I mean, they, they didn't seem to put that together. They didn't know what farmers do. And uh, right. again, they think eggs just come out of a carton at the grocery store. Done. What's even, what's even more alarming than that I think the people that run our country don't know. <laughs> now you're getting into the true definition of moronic. I mean, it's, 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 when I listen to them talk, it's like they have no idea well, I, uh, I, how basic life works. I wish I could give them that excuse. I think that they're so naive and stupid, but I think they understand and they're, they're literally uh, working their plan to topple the United States and, and take us into bankruptcy. They know... I believe, and as I've been interviewing different people in the know today, and, and they're saying, yeah, they're working a plan. They're trying to topple us. I'm talking about members in the House and the Senate. They oh, think, I, I have, yeah, I they, they say they're trying to topple America. That's what they're doing. Well, I mean, they're, what they want to, America stand, stands in the, there's no doubt about it that America, our founding forefathers, when you, when you look at what they, when they, when they went and looked at how to found our government, they, they decided that a king was the problem. That king had caused more problem and more pain and more difficulty. And, and they were basing it on what they seen in the Bible. Well, that actually is what the preachers were preaching from the Bible, that your freedom and your rights would ever come from God, not from man. And so they, they did away with the crown. And what, when we're talking about toppling America, what they're really trying to do is reconstitute the crown to have a king. Yes. They don't want America to go away. They just want America's government to go away. And so they're trying to topple our Constitution and our Bill of Rights. Oh, so yeah. One man can sit in the place, and we can have a monarchy that sits, and they, and they don't really care because if you look at monarchies around the world, and what they have them today in all these communist countries and whatever, people, I mean, if you don't please the king, you have nothing. No. And no. that's where we are today. I, just like I yesterday, I was sitting in the afternoon and flipped on the television. And Joe Biden was on there talking about how he's going to waive the 18 cents federal tax on gasoline. And I sit there thinking, you talk about moronic. What an idiot. I mean, to actually get on national television with gas prices. I mean, when you took office, gas was $2 a gallon. Under. Now it's over $5. I know it. I know it. And you want to blame it on everybody, and now you're gonna you're gonna reduce the price by 18 cents for 90 days, which isn't even gonna hit the pump. And you, and, and, and I mean, I wouldn't even I wouldn't even get out and make that offer because the people that are going to the gap, some a bunch of elites somewhere in a room got together and decided this would be a good idea. It looks like we feel your pain and we're doing something. I don't know how they tested that or whatever, but I'm telling you, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be an epic fail because. People that are going to the gas pump that are paying. I mean, if I go down there today, if the gas price is down 18 cents. I'm like, big whopping dude. I'm still paying five bucks a gallon because ours here is 5.21 a gallon. Right now. Wow, wow. So, I mean, it's it's a 
I mean, it's it's almost like a slap in the face. Yes, it is. And uh, I don't think it's going to work, you know, at all. Like I heard, I heard, and then I heard another one on television the other day said, "Well, this inflation really isn't that bad if if you don't count gas and food." <laughs> and I was like, "Are you this on television? I mean, are you kidding me?" Yeah, yeah. The one thing that everybody out there has to get is gas and food, and you're saying that inflation isn't bad if you don't count those two. Yeah, I mean, people are supposed to be starved to death. I'm just listening to him, and I, I don't understand. I don't. I I think is they really believe that what they're doing is uh, this is so good, and then this whole thing about this green energy or whatever. That's that's their religion. I mean, it's it's like they're worshiping at. A, fa- a false idol, and they're so into it they can't change course, change their mind, and they're it, that that system is not ready for prime time and will not work. They don't have enough electric cars for everybody to have one in America that even wanted one. They don't have enough places to plug them in and charge them. And well, I don't understand what people think that's going to be charged by, like air, because it's going to take electricity. And I don't know about where you are, but right now they're talking about here, we're going to have rolling brownouts and blackouts all throughout this summer during the hottest times of the year because our grid, now right where I live, my, our grid's pretty good. You get outside, this is some of the rural areas of the grid will be down. So I, I just, I don't know what the, what their end game is when I look at all this stuff because it just seems so idiotic, you know? Yeah. Well, that's that's what it is, and you know we get back to Romans chapter one. If you if you reject the truth, the spirit of deceivableness comes upon you, so you can believe a lie. And I think these guys, uh, I don't think that they are themselves morons, but I think the people they're speaking to are morons. In other words, they've brainwashed the American people that don't want to accept the truth of Jesus Christ. They won't. They don't want to accept the truth that comes under conservatism. And so now they believe any stupid things that comes out of the people's mouth because they're under deceivableness. I mean, and you sit back and say, how can any sane person believe this? They're saying one and one is three and one and one is two. But people are right. sucking it up, Done. Yeah, I think that, you know, when, when you look at the Bible, and the Bible says that that we are like sheep. And, you know, I never, I, I grew up on a farm or whatever. We had a few sheep or whatever. But sheep were like the weirdest animals on the, on the farm. Uh, they are completely helpless. <laughs> and uh, they uh, they don't think for themselves. Right. They think of, that's a pack. Yeah. And, and, you know, whatever. But, like, you have to be careful because if you walk up to a, if you walk up to a sheep and you catch it like standing around the barn or whatever, sure. and you jumped out from around the barn and clapped your hands and screamed at it, yeah. it can die. Wow, It'll fall over dead. Yeah, they just fall over dead. They have a heart attack and die. Yeah, because they they're just so that's why they call it sheepish. You know, they're so sheepish. And and if you if they if a line of them were coming around the farm and you jumped out and you tapped one and he jumped right there. Every other sheep behind him would jump at that same spot because they're just following the butt of the sheep in front of them. Yeah, they don't yeah. even know why they jump; they just jump. Yeah, and so the 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 thing is, is that you know the Bible says Jesus had compassion on the people because they're like sheep without shepherds. Yeah, because then it says you know, and then the Old Testament you find it says they're ripping the flesh off the bones. This is talking about those who are supposed to be the shepherds that they're ripping the flesh off their bone. They're fleecing the sheep. They're taking everything good for themselves and whatever, and they're not worried about the sheep. And so 
we and and and, and, you, and, and I think it's in uh, Jeremiah. It caused the sat traps, the governors, and all those different people in leadership. It caused them to shepherd of my sheep. So the people that are in government are called the shepherds as well. And so that's one of the reasons why I think when you get to this place, you can come under God's judgment so fast because God understands the people who we are and he puts people over them to be their shepherds, whether it's government, pastors, apostles, prophets. And when they don't shepherd them, this is what happens to sheep. Exactly. Or if, 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 so, if they do a good job shepherding them and the sheep don't follow them, uh, then, then they're led in their own uh, destruction also. Right. Exactly. I mean, that, that, but that's, I mean, the, the problem is you look around today and you know, this whole thing, like I, I, I don't know what else to call it. So I, I call it the bastardization of grace. Good. I think that's a good description. Uh, what's happened, you know, is that every, everything's okay. You don't have to worry about anything. Everything's taken care of. And you know, people love the, like when, he, when I, you get in a, a meeting of pastors or whatever, it's all, you always have to go to your lowest common denominator. And I mean, today that lowest common denominator is so low that uh, it's unrecognizable. And I keep asking my friends, when, when are we going to make the bar a little higher? So that the people we're hanging out with, I know that they, I know where they're coming from. Yeah. Because we have the bar so stinking low right now, which is, you know, that's the problem with consensus thinking. That's where politics gets in trouble. We want to be in consensus. Consensus, and even in the New, New Testament, it talks about a, a weak brother. You know, like I had a, a friend of mine one time that went to church here, and he was always coming, well, I'm offended with this, and he'd use that scripture, I'm the weaker brother, so you got to do this because this offends me or whatever. And I set him down one day and said, you are, you're misusing that passage of scripture. I'm not going to do it anymore. Because you're you you are what you are doing is you're trying to control everybody by your weakness, but really it's the strength of your flesh, not your weakness. It's the weakness of your spirit, but the strength of your flesh. Yeah. And I'm not gonna let you're not controlling anybody here anymore. So I'm gonna give everybody permission to tell you to take go fly a kite whenever you bring that nonsense up again. Because he everything. So what he was is he wanted to be he really was a legalist. And he wanted to bring everybody down to this couldn't do anything. Everything offended him. So then you have the other other way where you have nothing offends anybody. So now we have these politicians that are offended by everything. So your pronouns, everything, they're offended by everything. But then the pastors that are in the pulpits, nothing offends them. People can do whatever they want to do. And they're not offended by anything. And it's just a, it's kind of, <laughs> I keep thinking I'm going to wake up. I pinch myself, but this is real. You know, it's really it happened. I think both sides describe a certain, a certain amount of a religious spirit other than the Holy Spirit, whether it's too much uh, uh, self or either way where you can do anything you want or you can do nothing. And, and so whether it's the scribes and Pharisees, the Sanhedrin, uh, secular society, uh, we're dealing with different forms of a religious spirit, it seems, done. Exactly. No, it, it very much is. And that's another thing. When you go back to, there was a couple of decisions by the Supreme Court. In 1957, the Washington Ethical Society wanted to be tax exempt as a church and was denied by the state of Washington. And the Supreme Court declared that ethical culture would be a religion and granted them tax exemption. 
And then in 1961, Roy Tercasso refused to take his oath of office as a notary public, a public in Maryland. So help me God, because he was an atheist and he was denied the license. And the Supreme Court decided that secular humanism was a religion. And it seems that once the court recognized atheism as religion in order not to prefer one religion over another, they began kicking God out of the public arena in 1961. And this results in the federal government establishing by its own definition the religion of atheism or no belief in a deity, according to the Constitution, the deity who gave us our rights. And so the Supreme Court Justice Potter Stewart warned in his dissent uh, on the Abington Township versus Shimp, 63, the state may not establish a religion of secularism in the sense of affirmatively opposing or showing hostility to religion, thus preferring those who believe in no religion over those who do believe. Do believe. And so that's what we ended up having. And so around 1961, our own government began to, to establish the religion of secularism or no God at all. And they've been making all their decisions towards that against the religion that believes in God. Well, that's and what so the, we do have. We have we do have set before us now. So when you when you get in in the Supreme Court or whatever, there are two gigantic religions going on in our in our culture right now. And you are exactly right. These these people these are all these not these views that these secularists have. They're all religious views based on their hatred of God and their love of themselves. Well, you're exactly right, and you spoke earlier a couple things that I wanted to comment on, and uh, you spoke, you mentioned the word wisdom, and you also mentioned the word that uh, uh, they want to get back to the king, and that's exactly what they want to get back to, topple the republic, topple God, get back to the king, get back to a dictator. And so that's what they're trying to do. It's a direct attack on taking God out of America and having the world led by evil men. Wisdom, you know, last night uh, we were on um, syndicated live talk around the world. But before that, we had our time of prayer and Adalia led it. And uh, there was a whole list of things up there. And she put wisdom and she said wisdom. And then she went over everything they put up there deals with every subject. Uh, A lack of wisdom, people perish, but with God's wisdom, everything becomes victorious and successful. And uh, we need to pray for wisdom like never before, Don. Oh, absolutely. I I, uh, I think what we, we're stuck in this thing with people, like when it comes to, we got to ask the question, what is wisdom? How does it differ from knowledge? Because people assume that their knowledge is wisdom. And I think that when I look at this in the Bible, I think knowledge is what you learn and know. It's a natural, it's intuitive, and it's related to your brain capacity or even your intelligence or IQ. But it does not require faith to acquire it, believe it, or to activate it. And it puffs up our flesh, our pride. On the other hand, wisdom is the proper life application of God's knowledge, which is what the Bible calls truth. It is supernatural or counterintuitive, and it's related to your spiritual intelligence or IQ. And it requires faith to acquire it, believe it, and to activate it. And wisdom is the only thing known to humanity to humble your pride. Well, that's that's beautiful because, again, without God's wisdom, our knowledge turns into nothing but vanity. And people are walking around with a big head and, and they take their knowledge to control other people instead of bless other people. We've got to have the wisdom of God to apply knowledge correctly. Closing right. comments, Don? 
Yeah, I, I think that when we think about that, you know, today, you know, we're you turn on the television and I think you see these talking heads on there that are, that they, you know, they're qualified as experts on the subject and the people think they're wise. These people have never, they, they're, it's all, they learned in this classroom or whatever. They've never taken it outside the classroom in the experiment we call life. And everybody thinks they're t they know what they're talking about and whatever. And I think it was really interesting. Martin Luther King said, and it was very prophetic. He said, we shall, we shall have to repent in this generation, not so much for the evil deeds of the wicked people, but for the appalling silence of good people. Amen. And he also said, our scientific power has outrun our spiritual power. We have guided missiles and misguided men. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to the Warning Radio Program, special guest, Pastor Apostle Don Beasley, Turning Point City Church, Dixon, Illinois. We didn't get to what I wanted to touch on, understanding the times of change with a strategy for victory. We're going to do that next week. But what we discussed is a very important. Re-listen to this program several times so you can assimilate everything that it said. Thanks, Don, for being on the Warning Radio program today. Thank you, sir. It's my pleasure. We'll do it next week. Okay. Okay, bye-bye. Talk to you later. Thanks for listening to this episode of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International. Warning Radio is a listener-supported program. We need your donations in order to continue airing these Christ-centered prophetic programs. Send your checks or money orders to World Ministries International, Post Office Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. To donate securely by phone, call 360-629-5248. Visit our website to find other ways of giving and a wealth of information about World Ministries International and host Dr. Jonathan Hansen. The website is worldministries.org. There, you'll also have access to hundreds of previously aired radio programs, made-for-television videos, thousands of articles, Dr. Hansen's books, and travel itinerary. Again, the website is worldministries.org. The phone number is 360-629-5248. Tune in at this same time, Monday through Friday, on this radio station for the next exciting edition of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen. Remember, the Lord is not slow about the promise of His return, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for everyone to come to the repentance that leads to eternal life.